0: Good afternoon. Good evening. Welcome to the second episode of the UNDP Namibia Accelerator Lab podcast. So we are in a journey where we are really trying to work towards working out loud. That basically means sharing what it is that we are learning. Why are we learning it? Who is it benefiting? And really trying to explore and make sense of different solutions towards complex development challenges that happen locally in the country. So, today's podcast is special because I'm joined by two of my colleagues who are really um, part of a transformational project or program that we've been working on for the past year and is also very close to my heart. So, we're joined by Palgrina Um, who is a visually impaired young lady that is a UNV within the UNDP system in Namibia. And I said system specifically because part of our conversation will today revolve around systems thinking and how do we strengthen integrated systems for persons with disability. Um, Also, we'll be joined by Ms. Natasha Maritz, who is the project coordinator for the um, UNDP-UNPRPD project. And um, my other favorite person in the world, Omagano Kankondi, who is the head of Solutions Mapping, also part of the Namibia Accelerator Lab. So Omagano is joining us via Teams. That makes this specific podcast super cool because we've got somebody connected onto our podcast via Teams. And we have Palgrina from the comfort of her home being recorded from her telephone. And Natasha and I are at work because that's what people do on a Friday afternoon when the weather is together, right? So I'm going to give a quick second to Pelgrina to just give us a shout-out and for her to introduce herself. Pelgrina, please go ahead.
1: Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me this morning as Geraldine's CRPD project. So this is a very good project, a project that we have never had in our country, Namibia, before. This is a project that uh, tries to ensure that persons with disabilities are not left behind in all areas of life. And believe me, ever since I joined this project, I am now Belgrina. I am no more the fake Belgrina because uh, ever since um, I was young, I, I actually, um, I was actually in denial of being visually impaired. But ever since I joined this project, I'm actually, I'm not a pilgrim. I don't have a problem uh, being visually impaired anymore because this project taught me a lot. This project exposed me to so many things out there. It made me feel uh, important. It made me know that I having a disability does not mean I'm nothing but I'm also just like someone that does not have a disability out there. So guys, this project uh-uh. Whoever <laughs> came up with this project really did a great thing. So that's what I need to say. I'm short, so my words are always few.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Paul Green. <laughs> I'm very happy that you're this enthusiastic about the project. Okay, so we're going to say hi to Natasha. you want to say hi, Natasha, to everyone that's listening?
2: Hi, everybody. My name is Natasha as previously introduced. I am the project assistant for the UNPRPD project. Starting um, this project, I started last year, the beginning of last year, around this time as well. And um, I had absolutely no clue on disabilities or person with disabilities, how to work with persons with disabilities, and how important it is that our systems are inclusive of persons with disabilities. And that made me realize that you don't know what you don't know. But now that I know better, I should act better, and um, yeah, it has. This project has definitely changed my my world and my life in general. Because now I'm looking at everything that is not disability inclusive, and I'm like, and so why is it not disability <laughs> inclusive? Can we please make it disability right? inclusive? Why is this thing so exclusive? You know?
0: Right? <laughs> okay. No, thanks, Atasha. I think that's really awesome. It's lovely having you on our podcast as well. And then I'm gonna quickly have Omagano give a shout out to everyone that's listening to our podcast.
3: Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us, uh, and Pearl Greener, thank you for that very exciting introduction. <laughs> that was so cool. Um, I'm glad we get to speak about um, stuff like this with a wider audience than just you know
0: our colleagues or the people who read our documents sometimes. So. Um, I'm looking forward to more of these. Right, because it's so important. Thanks, Amagano. It's so important to, to make your voice heard, uh, especially by the people or a person who's most affected by whatever the intervention is that we're trying to work on. So when I started off, mentioned the issue around systems thinking, and it's been something that we've, we've been as a team, as UNDP, we've been speaking about systems thinking now for a while. So what does it mean? Where does it come from? Why do we have to do it? And, um, I think it's it's so important to realize that from a global perspective, we're all part of some or the other system. And that system is part of a bigger system. And that bigger system is part of another bigger system. Now, one of the systems that we are very familiar with, as all four of us are employed by the United Nations Development Programme or contracted through the UNDP, we also understand that this system of how UNDP operates comes with certain, I guess, pros and cons. So I think I would like to start off with Natasha a way of looking at something that has be, that has been for as long as we know it. It's it was an exclusive system, right? Whether it was providing services for persons with visual impairment or hearing impairment, whatever the case may be. But what do you think are some of those key lessons learned for you as part of the project? Like, what are some of those systems thinking processes that really sort of stopped you in your tracks and made you reassess why it is that what we were doing wasn't being done well enough? Wow, that's a question and a half. Um,
2: So, yes, you know... as, as Geraldine mentioned, there's so many systems and um, there's so many things that one needs to learn and, and integrate within your project and so forth. And one thing that I have learned is simplicity is the key. A lot of the systems, and I understand why we need to have systems because it's for monitoring purposes, accountability purposes, etc. But the key is simplicity. To ensure that our systems are as simple as possible so that the man on the ground can understand it will be able to get something from it and many a times you know and and this is also when i go to the you know you you always get that a very educated well-spoken colleague that makes use of these big words and they're just on point but then do you really understand the words that you're using
0: N- not only the words what about those acronyms yeah,
2: oh goodness, <laughs> don't, don't get me the, the un acronyms oh my word but yes, you know so so it needs to be simple. The man on the ground needs to be able to understand it. And not only the adult on the ground, but the child on the ground. Right. And the person with disability on the on the ground and the child with disability on the ground. So it needs to be as simple as possible. And yes, there are there, are, there have been um, pretty simple systems in the UN for instance the modules Yeah, the mandatory training courses. Yes, the mandatory training courses. I think that is brilliant. I see it. It, it It's very disability um, inclusive, you know. I, I think it was brilliant and it was really easy. Anybody could understand it, whether you have a post-grad, whether you um, have a doctorate or whatever, your education level. It's, it's a very easy and simple system. So I really, really enjoy doing that.
0: Thanks. So, Palgrina, you actually did some of those online mandatory courses. Do you want to tell us, as a person with visual impairment, how did that make you feel? Or how did you feel about these mandatory courses? And were they as inclusive as they should have been for a person with visual impairment? Yes.
1: Uh, all of the the five courses were actually accessible for someone like me. But then there was one, I think it is what, uh, I, I don't really remember which one it was. The, that one was not accessible, but then we were lucky enough uh, to have Rebecca. She was really good enough, so she, she made it accessible for us. So she like sent out a booklet to us so that we could uh, uh, read through. And then we just, like for me, I just got the certificate without completing the course online, but she gave me the booklet and that is because it was not accessible for me, but the
0: other five, they were all good. Oh, awesome. That's helpful to know. So, at least we know in learning within the UN UNDP system, um, there's a lot of accessibility that comes into play for persons with visual impairment. Now, Omagano, you haven't said much so far. Yes. Substantially, right? What are your thoughts about systems thinking and thinking about or maybe before we start that, I mean, we, we haven't really unpacked what the UNPRPD project does, right? So, this project has got three outcomes, um, of which the the one outcome is looking at specifically how do we enhance the capacity of public service systems to collect data um, by with the support of the Namibia Statistics Agency. How do we ensure that that agency is capacitated and, you know, well, well equipped to capture data on persons with disability? That's one of the outputs or the outcomes of this particular project. And then we've got another one that's looking at early identification. So the intention is that when children Children are born, or I guess even at, you know, from the 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 space of conception all the way through postnatal care. You want to be able to identify a child with disability very, very early on in order to prepare that parent or the family or the guardian or whoever is going to be nurturing that child to understand how they should treat the the child who may have um, types of disability. And then the third outcome is looking at sort of coordination. How do we coordinate all these different systems like government, private sector, um, service providers um, who are specific service providers that provide services for persons with disability? And then also we've got persons with disability or rather organizations of persons with disability that we refer to as OPDs, right? So all of these different entities are different, have their own systems working and functioning towards achieving the objective which is making life for persons with disability very inclusive and participatory. I guess my question then is Omagano, if you think of the project and those three outcomes that we're intending to achieve as a solutions mapper and having had experience in the last year on this particular project which it falls under the portfolio of the front programs, interventions, and actions at the Accelerator Lab in the country are leading on, right? From a Solutions Mapper perspective, what are your thoughts around systems thinking and enhancing life for persons with disabilities?
3: Wow, you just threw that all on me, huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, you know what? I want to take you back
3: a little bit. Um, uh, Natasha was saying and it's saying we have to make it easier for the people on the ground. And this is, there's something that we always say to each other in the office and that, you know, we want and often in meetings with other people, but I don't think we say it enough. Uh, but we want the person on the ground to take ownership of the SDGs, so we can actually attain them. To know that, for example, the SDGs and leaving no one behind, and all of this—it's not a UNDP thing. It's not a UN thing. It's for everybody. Because if we want to get there, we. There's that saying that it's an African saying. Like, if you want to go alone, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go further, I think go together or something like that.
0: Well, right. Well, we need well, to t- well, b- before you. To go on what are SDGs because we just spoke about language, uh, right?
3: <laughs> wow you see I'm doing that I'm doing what we do we just use uh, acronyms and we assume everybody else knows them right. the SDGs are the sustainable development goals that we're trying to attain um, so that for a better world for everybody that is so interesting in my trying to say we need to make things simpler, I did not make them simpler.
0: <laughs> because we're so conditioned to have to think about things the way the system has taught us, right? I uh, yes. And like we are actually,
3: I should be saying, but it was like we're in a bubble.
2: And that's why I think, you know, the system, the most important system that needs to be changed is the mindset. Because we all have this, you know, we have our own paradigms and so forth. But... We need to change our mindset so that we don't always say SDGs. You know, we have to say sustainable development. Yes, no. we have to be. We have to be aware of persons with disability. We have to include persons with disability. Not even we have to. It must. It must already be there. It's our fault that it's not there. That they are not included. Like yesterday, I was having a chat with uh, with Pilgrin. I think you were in the chat as well, Omangano. Well, Pilgrin mm-hmm. was liking. As a person with visual impairment, there's some things I just won't be able to do. And I said, no, mm. that is not how...
0: You, you need to change your mindset. The problem lies with me because I haven't made... I just wanted to clap hands because it is a mindset thing. Yeah. There's this always um, in our disability forum, the conversation about it, it should be this ability, not this ability. Yes. And a disability oh. should not become an inability. Valgrina would be better place to tell us what her thoughts around that are.
2: The problem lies with the system... The fact that the system is not disability inclusive. The system had to be disability inclusive already from the start. So the problem doesn't lie with Pilgrina or any other person with disability. The problem lies with you and me.
3: Because what we've done is, what we've done actually with, it's like we've designed a cup and then we've added things late. Let's just say we've designed a cup with a handle. Then we realize actually we need like a, a spout or whatever. Now you're trying to add things on later and it won't, it's just going to be clunky. We're adding on things later as a... Yeah. which goes to show that we didn't think about the people in the first place
1: So I was saying eh, like when you were asking me the question about uh, mandatory courses, if they were all accessible, so so what I wanted to say eh, is that in every level, uh, there should be someone with a disability mm. because uh, then that person with a disability will take the needs of persons with disabilities into consideration. Now let's say the mandatory courses now, if there was somebody with a disability that was involved when those uh, courses were, were, were being designed, then that person could also take into consideration the needs of someone with a disability, mm. then they will say like, no, this course must not be like this. It has to be this way because if it is like this, someone with visual will be able to access it. So, when it comes to, um, like, let's say now, employing persons with disabilities, we must not only employ them for certain jobs. They must be everywhere because that is where now you will see that uh, something is happening because if they are only at one level, you, you want to see because they will only be able to do their part, what is down or above them, they will not be able to, mm-hmm. because it
0: is not allocated to them. Okay. Well, I mean, I think, and I agree, thanks Paul Grina and Omagano, Natasha, for those insights. I think it's, it's really important to realize that I think from the onset, many of the systems that have been developed, whether these were service delivery systems, they were developed for the majority right it's it's that majority kind of win thing and the unintended consequence was that some people would not benefit from these systems right and whether that is a political system whether that is a sustainable development system whether that's a learning system these are some of the things that i guess we're realizing now more and more that when you develop or start any kind of system you want to start it from from the beginning thinking about all of your unintended consequences which brings me to my next.
3: Come in here quickly.
0: Okay, go ahead.
3: But so my background is product design, right? And in product design, there's uh a term or area called universal design and are principles that guide the universal design. And the reason for this is that, so you can, so you don't have to think about like, you know, a building where you add on a ramp later. So it's supposed to, you're supposed to use these, there are seven principles of design of, of universal design that are, you're supposed to use in designing everything, whether it comes from environment products and communication. And it's actually something with regards specifically to now uh, people with disabilities, it's something that We need to start using more across the Board, not just designing of products, not just and something that needs to be made popular within the UN system. So uh, not just in the design world. So for example, one of the the, the first design the, the first principle is equitable use. The design is useful and marketable to people with diverse abilities. Flexibility in use. The design is accommodate uh, like accommodates like a wide range of individual preferences. For example, a scissor. A scissor shouldn't only a universal design scissor, design scissor takes into account someone who has a left uses left hand or right hand I don't have to buy a new scissor to accommodate my left hand use you know yeah. so simple and intuitive use predictable information we actually need to incorporate that into our system of doing things where everything is universally designed we don't have like even when there's no one who has got who's got disabilities on the team we if we use these guiding principles
0: it helps us in- incorporate their uses and their needs as well okay but picking up from our conversation so far, I just quickly wanted to bring us back to, I guess, the Accelerator Lab, our vision, the methodology of the Global Lab, but also some of the, you know, the, the thinkings that I've I've been picking up through our learning from the, in the, the Accelerator Lab from a global perspective. The Accelerator Lab also functions and works from a premise that, you know, we want to use collective intelligence. And collective intelligence really just means... You have a complex problem, so how do you use different people with different levels of intelligence to find a solution to that very complex problem? And then foresighting is another sort of method to use where you kind of look at what are the different trends that are happening around and within a community and you foresee how those particular trends may have a specific unintended consequence, right? And then, of course, we also work really very On trying to disrupt things. Like our administrator said to the Accelerator Lab team when we were inducted, you should rather ask for forgiveness instead of permission. So we try to do that a lot. But of course, our system still dictates how we ask for permission and how we ask for forgiveness, right? But that said, I also wanted to, to touch on Leila Ayaralu, visionary in thinking about sustainability. And She had developed from a systems thinking perspective these six... Well, I wouldn't say she developed it, but she has built on um, six concepts that make up what systems thinking can be. And because we work in the space of sustainability, we also need to think about the sustainability of an integrated system for persons with disability. Because truth be told, once this project within the UN system comes to an end, our funding comes to an end as well, which means we would have needed to make room for sustainability within that project. So how does the project go on without the support from UNDP, financially or technically, to ensure there is still coordination, to ensure that data to inform policy around persons with disability is still collected to ensure that we have early identification of children with disability and preparing those families and parents for how to support and assist their children, right? And what the vi- the future for that would look like. And so Leila was talking a lot, and I'll, I'll tag a link about a TED Talk that she did that I'm absolutely in love with. And she had come up with sort of six concepts. The first one being interconnectedness. And we're talking about systems thinking, so we need to think about how interconnected Everything is that we do for our communities. Now, today's discussion is sort of circulating around how do we create integrated systems or strengthen integrated systems for persons with disability. And taking into consideration that here we had to start thinking about the Accelerator Lab was sort of a system on its own. And in our system, we took on supporting the project on the UNPRPD Project on Disability and that created an interconnectedness between the Accelerator Lab, the Disability Project, other UN agencies, ministries, agencies, organizations for persons with disability. And interconnectedness is really that principle of how we should understand that there this, there's this shift, that everything is connected, whether we like it or not, right? So everything that we do, when we do something around Poverty, eradication, it's connected to disability. When we do something about gender equality, it's connected to disability. And I think for the UN, our language has always been, it's a cross-cutting component or element, right? Cross-cutting. So gender, disability, HIV, these are things that are cross-cutting. It doesn't ask for permission. It, it's there. And then there's the concept of synthesis, which is about understanding the whole and the parts at the same time. So we need to understand that as the United Nations in Namibia, there's a whole of the United Nations at a country from a country perspective, which is sort of, I guess, the part of a bigger whole, which is the UN globally. But then we have in that whole of the UN in Namibia, we've got different agencies. So those are the are the, the different parts that make up the system of working towards sustainable development. These are the the agents that enable us to be able to change policies, legislation, processes, develop frameworks, etc. Then there's also this concept of emergence, right? Where emergence is the natural outcome of things coming together, right? So many of the examples I've heard is people talk about a snowflake. Now, we're in Southern Africa, in Namibia, where majority of the country is in any case a desert so I wanted to take it back to the desert so if you take a single grain of sand in the desert eventually the outcome of having m- multiple millions and billions and trillions and gazillions you eventually have the emergence of a desert right as a result of a number of environmental and ecosystem processes so th- then emerges this desert so, in the the whole process of systems thinking, you've got to think about emergence. and now and I'll, I want to bring this back to what you said earlier, Natasha, that most of our systems were always created f- for a certain for like we said earlier for the majority, right? It was never really created for actually beginning with everyone should be included. These are things that slowly but surely started emerging that there are people who are being left behind. And so we're now realizing that in or it's emerging that we need to build systems from the very beginning to be inclusive of persons with disability, um, or vulnerable people, and you know people who are often underserved. But in between all of this, all of the interconnectedness, the synthesis, the emergence in and among all of this, there's also what we would like to refer to then as feedback loops. So how do you give feedback? Because for everything that happens, there's going to be an opposite and equal reaction, right? So for every action that you have, you're going to have an effect and that effect is going to give some kind of feedback, whether it be positive or negative. So we have to always think about in all of this interconnectedness, we're always going to have to have uh, some kind of feedback. And the the fifth and second last concept is a concept of causality which is the way things influence each other in a system so the way i influence natasha to do something at work is part of how i cause you to to do things differently or the way that we try to provide technical assistance to a forum like in the case of persons with disability we set up a national disability forum so that forum some in some instances it may be influenced by external factors, right, to make a decision on legislation for how persons with disability should be included in various uh, policies or interventions in the country. So there's an action that would lead to or causes some kind of result, and then that shapes the future of moving forward, right? And then the last concept is really talking about systems mapping, which is identifying and mapping... um, the elements of things, and I'm, I'm putting things in brackets here because things could also be people, it could be institutions, it could be different stakeholders, whatever we want to call it, within a system and how to understand how they interconnect and relate and act in a complex system or environment, right? Because we have to, I think in our last podcast, we spoke about personalities and Omagano, oh you might want to touch on that uh, slightly if, if you don't mind. But we had, for example, we, we have to start thinking from a systems perspective on all of these different concepts. You know, how do things emerge? And the emergence is really also that use of Following a specific trend and where that trend is going, right? And this is something that I wanted to share in in a learning feedback loop kind of thing. Because we're trying to transition ourselves as the Namibia country offers towards embedding systems thinking in everything that we do. As opposed to having everything sort of compartmentalized or siloed. And everyone does everything in their own individual space. You get the job done, you go home. Kind of... Um, exercise that made me think a lot about what belgrina was saying as you need to have persons with disability in all kinds of spaces you need to make we we need to start systematically making room i don't know if that's the right term or maybe belgrina will disagree but we have to systematically oh she's you're i'm right but you mm-hmm. w- we systematically have to force ourselves to start making those, I, I think it would also sometimes be a tough decision to make. So I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts and your feelings about these concepts and how we can build this back into our programming under the disability program and, and what it is that we're trying to do. So, Palgrina, what are your thoughts around, you know, sort of systems thinking and changing that structurally for? organizations, and even, as Natasha said, changing mindsets, because a mindset shift also needs to happen in order for systems thinking to happen, in order for us to be sustainable. your thoughts? I think
1: everything that you said is fine, so uh, I I don't think I have any
3: more to add. Oh my God, no? I like what you said about how we have to basically be intentional with creating spaces in the systems that we have to make sure that uh, people of with disabilities are are represented. And that needs to, it shouldn't be, I think it only comes up in certain times or certain meetings when we talk about maybe leaving no one behind, stuff like that. But it should be something we do actively across the board. Like for One of the things that we're thinking about, um, and it came as an idea from Natasha giving us those mouse pads with the sign language, sign language right yeah. it shouldn't be an adi- like I think if you're working for a development agency especially the UN system you should know how to speak sign language you can't advocate for people with disabilities and stuff and not know how to communicate with them for example so things like that shouldn't be a nice to have where we have an extra course where we're taught basic uh, sign language it should be like one of the mandatory courses that we have that you need to learn it because it has to be so intentional this we have to make a lot of of intentional. Yeah, we have to make a lot of things more intentional when it comes to leaving no one behind because it's got a lot of documents. We do have projects here and there and stuff like that, but it shouldn't be project to project. It should be just across the board in how we do everything. If mm-hmm. someone shows up at the entrance at the UN house today who is, who is deaf, how must they communicate with everybody there to say that they need to get to Geraldine in the UNDP without it being such a great inconvenience? How do or, we do
0: that? Or unless we come up with some crazy in- innovation and we have a system set up right at the entrance of the un house where you can come in and type your request and it it's read to the receptionist yo that's, I am looking for I'm natasha s- at undp I have a meeting at eight or whatever the case may be right and and so I mean I'm just saying like these are some of the the yeah, things like that but
3: also like just where the institutions that don't have money for
0: something like that. How do you you practically bring it in? Or if it's it's somebody that,
2: if it's a deaf person that cannot write.
0: Yeah, because literacy is also an issue in Namibia and I think many other countries, but literacy is also an issue. So you might be deaf, you might also not be able to then write or even read. So how do you, like at what point, because that, but but that's, because that's one part of the problem. And that's why it's so important that early identification as an outcome of of this project helps us to ensure that we systematically identify children with disability from an early age in order uh-huh. to accommodate those children for education, sure. for societal, you're just being integrated into society, right? because we are moving in the fourth industrial revolution right now. So you you got to have a space for people to be able to read and write. But the reality is that we still have people who are underserved and do not have the ability to read and write. Natasha? I, I think my, oh.
3: sorry, my, my what I was trying to get is like, how do we make sure that this family of agencies that we were part of, it does not think about persons with disabilities later when someone else reports How does it become part of the things that we... When we think about doing something like, say, a meeting we automatically think about a sign language interpreter we think about clues there's a um,
0: reasonable accommodation yeah so it's reasonable accommodation
3: yes that should become the i want us to be able to think about these things inverted commas the way we would normally think about other meetings you know it should not be on the back burner and as an added thing yeah. So that's part of how I think. Natasha, <laughs> your thoughts?
2: <laughs> you know, we've basically answered that question in our previous discussions, Geraldine. Because one which Hilgina mentioned is the fact that we need to have persons with disability in all levels. Um, that's the only way we're going to know what we don't know. Yeah. For instance, I remember, and I consider myself somebody that's very, it's very open to things. I, I remember being my vocabulary wasn't vocabulary was not disability inclusive. It wasn't very, Mm. yeah. So there were a few times that I was wrapped on the knuckles by certain persons with disabilities. But now I Mm. know better. So my vocabulary has changed, even in my writing, to include persons with disability And not be so derogatory. And naive sometimes. And naive, yes. Yeah. And it's because I had that interaction with persons with disabilities. So we need to have and we need to include persons with disabilities within our projects, within our programs, in all different employment levels as well. It is only them that will be able to tell us, hmm, your door space needs to be wider because my, me as a wheelchair... My wheelchair isn't going to yes, roll in here. Yes, that uh, otherwise I wouldn't know it. Like Omangano said, there's this universal design. And I mean, from Africa, we already know the universal design is very Eurocentric, Yeah, right? Mm. So it's Eurocentric and it's also not disability inclusive. Absolutely. So we need to start using this within our systems. As soon as we can have persons with disability there Two highlight, mm, this is not right, this is this, you guys need to do it like this rather, that will be a good way. And then we need to always, we need to constantly orientate um, ourselves and our employees mm-hmm. on how to be disability inclusive. That's something that we don't know.
0: So so would you say that that should be, because one of the things that I would like for us to have, this is now me wrapping up our, our discussion, right? I would like to see some kind of call to action. We are now, in sort of the race towards achieving Agenda 2030, and we've got less than nine years, right, to achieve the Sustainable Development Goals. If I could throw the question out to the three of you and you come up with some kind of call to action, what would that be for somebody that's listening to our podcast today? What are you asking them to become, how do you want them to emerge? as? Because I think it's also very important to think about society As a system, and that system is made up of individuals, and those individuals come from certain communities and families, you know, that whole process of how a society is constructed. So if you had to say to people, and I think I'll start with Belgrina, your call to action for people, systems, what is it that you want them to do around the issue of disability and in strengthening our integrated systems for persons with disability? Belgrina? For
1: me, I'm repeating what I've said. Persons with disabilities should be included at all levels, starting from the beginning. As the slogan says, it already
3: be, there's nothing for us without us. Yes. Okay. Oh my god, no? Um I just think for me to I, I think maybe for it for everything to trickle down to the person on the street, it my call to actually is more with people that work in our space, in our development space that okay. um and like Pellegrina I think I'm also repeating myself where it should be part of just how we do things now. We should be so intention we need to be more intentional about it. Whatever you're doing, whatever whether you think it you should think about the in including uh, people with disabilities in that, whatever, you're writing up a document, you know, whatever it is, think uh, it has to be part of how you think of doing things all the time. It shouldn't be option later, you know, click, check other or whatever, that kind of thing. It should be something that is part of how you do things. I don't know if that's a call to action, but maybe something I want people to pay attention to. So I don't, I think, and once we get it right on our level, it'll be easier to trickle down to the people on the street. All right, cool.
0: Natasha, your call to action?
2: I'm to piggyback on what Omangano said, and um, I'm going to now center it now for the UNDP office in Namibia. We have Bill Greenaya. here. Nileleg?
0: What is Nileleg? Nileleg. <laughs> <laughs> the Namibia Integrated Land Environment. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that's so funny. So in, Nila Leg is one of the projects, one of our envir- environmental governance, land governance projects um, for UNDP. We will also drop a link about that project moving uh, forward. This was now, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but this is how I catch y'all out, right? Yes. But as as a as a UNDP office, can we? make use of of Pilgrina. We have a person with disability here that can help us ensure that our projects, our documents, our policies are more inclusive of persons with disability. For 2021, I would love to see how the different project heads come to Pilgrina and say have a look at this. Is this disability inclusive? Mm -hmm. Will it be able to reach the person with disability? Because we are not going to be able to meet our SDGs if we leave out the person with disability. So as a UNDP Namibia office, let's be intentional, as Monk I has been saying. Okay. Let's be intentional. Cool. So,
0: thank you so much, ladies. I think it's been a great conversation. I think if I had to pull all of that together, the call to action for me is about intentionality. We want to recommend to, you know, the academics who developed the systems thinking concepts to include intentionality into what it is that we're doing. Um, because I think also sometimes you might have good intention to do something right or something positive for someone without even then considering what the unintended consequence of your intention might be. But with that said, ladies, gentlemen, conformers, non-conformers, everyone that was listening, thank you so much for sticking it out with us for this second podcast of the UNDP Accelerator Lab. We look forward to more epic conversations with more dynamic and really a breath of fresh air colleagues within the UNDP and in the UN system in Namibia. And we hope to share more of these ideas and concepts. And learnings with everyone moving forward. I want to say thank you to Natasha Pelgrina and Omagano for being on today's podcast with me. And we really appreciate time that you take to listen out to our podcast. So if you did like the conversation you heard here, please share the link. And ladies and gentlemen, with that said, I'm saying sayonara and until the next episode.